0: Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 344. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Smile, and Squarespace. My name is Stephen Hackett. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vitici.
1: Hello. Hi, it's me. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you.
0: Good. We're also joined by Mike Hurley. Ahoy. Greetings.
2: Ahoy, landlubber. Greetings. <laughs>
1: Is a hoy like like a British thing? It's not a British thing, right? It's
0: a sailing thing.
2: Yeah, it's like a sailing thing, and maybe it's a British thing. I think. Have you might ever be sailed? A combination. Uh, I mean, I've been on a boat. Well, that doesn't count as
1: sailing. But like, you're not actually doing the sailing yourself.
2: I've never been on a boat with sails. I don't think. Me neither. Just been on boats with like engines, or whatever.
0: I would like to go on a sailboat. We need to hire a sailboat.
2: Well, there you go. We know what we're going
0: to do. But I don't know anybody who has one. So... Well, hire one.
1: I a friend of mine has a sailboat and he did like this... He kind of traveled the world on a sailboat. He's wow. an incredible person. Like he did this tour. He started in Sardinia in Italy, went to Spain. And from Spain, he traveled by himself. He had this whole log on his Instagram actually. He basically traveled all around Africa. Hmm. Stopped, I believe, in Madagascar, and then left again and reached the Caribbean. A really fascinating way to spend a year. Like he actually did this during the pandemic year of like throughout the basically the entire year of 2020. I mean not a bad just, way to spend some time. Not yeah.
2: Provided you know how to sail a boat, otherwise it's terrible.
1: Yes, otherwise don't do it.
2: Otherwise,
0: you don't see the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> you don't make it to Madagascar. Seems
2: I'll tell very you that.
1: likely. Seems very likely.
0: We have a couple of websites we need to point out:
1: Google. dot com, yeah, Yahoo,
0: <laughs> Yahoo, Bing, <laughs> uh, Alta Vista. Any others?
2: That's oh, nice.
1: all the websites I know. That's uh,
0: ask Jeeves.
2: Ask Jeeves.
1: MySpace. dot com.
2: Nice. That's another good one. The top one. Friend feet Oh, remember Friendster? <laughs> I remember the
0: name. I don't think I was ever on it.
2: Yeah, I don't remember either.
0: Anyway. <laughs> uh, Jason Thompson, uh, uh, a dear listener of the show, created previously, and we failed to mention it, uh, thejeremys.herokuapp.com, and it is a running tally of the Jeremys, and so it shows the picks Federico made, the outcome if it was incorrect or correct and then the uh the final score overall your total score is 60% which is seems pretty good that's pretty good that's that's much better than i
2: would have expected w- what i like specifically about this website is it doesn't just show what federico guessed like right or wrong it yeah. lists every guess uh-huh. he makes which is my favorite thing about this website. So, yeah. it, and you know, so for example, uh, Dreamcast face
0: is yeah. uh, listed on the face <laughs> of spiral or tea with holes at the bottom for bubble tea. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, look at all these things I've said. I uh-huh. see many things. I wonder flatbread. if a little sip of grandpa's so on here for flatbread. I said base of a pizza left in the middle of a road, and someone with a car drove on top of it. <laughs> yep,
2: that and classic then I said, emoji.
1: non pizza was also
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, kiwi wow. kiwi meatballs.
2: <laughs> kiwi meatballs. I was watching a TV show uh, a couple of days ago. I think it was Parks and Rec, and uh, Fake Ron was drinking an herbal. Is it herbal mate? Is that how you say it? And uh, Weba mate. And uh, I was thinking, hi hey, he's taking a sip of grandpa. So, <laughs> classic.
0: Uh, you, skunk, he said rat who had too much chili last night. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I
2: hate that.
1: <sighs> what do you
0: use to go underwater? A <laughs> <laughs> diving mask. Uh, okay. Okay, so go check that out. We also have a new website made by new
2: and as like a new entrant. What is it? New Challenger has entered the
0: ring. By listener Jason. Uh, This is Rickies.net. And this is a in their own words, but I agree, comprehensive repository of information about the ever-evolving Apple prediction game played on Connected. Mm. It has an about section. There's a GitHub so you can open issues. There are scores and stats, which I want to come back to in a second. There is a Bill of Rickies section, complete with a full change log.
2: Incredible. Wow.
0: Going back wow. to episode 123. Here's my favorite.
2: 245. Steven said Ricky instead of Risky in an iMessage, and now they're Ricky Picks. <laughs> <laughs> And
0: in yeah. 259 you propose naming the competition that of after my typo. Yeah. We need to talk about uh the scores and stats. Yeah, we do. Because okay. there are some people that think that uh that there's cheating going on. Mm-hmm. But I just want to read our total our total graded picks, okay?
2: As always, when you see something, it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was very different to this because our sort of memories are terrible.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So let's start with uh, the victories, actually. I have never won an annual competition. Yeah. Mike has won one time. Mm-hmm. Federico has won twice. Mm-hmm. For keynote victories, I've run, I've won three times. Mike has won twice. Federico has won three times. So you and mm-hmm. I are tied for keynote victories. You know, you like to come out here and swinging around accusations of cheating that you never win. We now have proof that you
1: win plenty. So I'm the Ricky King.
0: Well, no, you're not because we are all tied five out of 12 for risky picks, evenly, perfectly tied. Oh, that's beautiful.
2: I like that. Yeah. So for the, ri- the actual risky part, it's five out of 12 each. But yeah, Federico's won the most predictions the most overall competitions.
0: Uh, Mike is the worst at the Flexies, Mm -hmm. but I've lost most at the Flexies. I've donated $225, Federico, one (laughs) seventy-five. Mike, zero.
2: Well, that's because I might not be good, but I'm smart, right? You Mm -hmm. always add in the extra ones, don't you? And that that ends up being your downfall.
0: That's right. Then we get to coin flips. This is incredible. We've had three heads and four tails. Uh, I don't know what that... (laughs) I guess that means in the final... I'm not sure where that number comes from. I guess the final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike has won one, two, three, four, five, seven times. Wow. I have I have won once. I won the 2019 WC knockout flip for first place. Mm-hmm. But Mike has beaten me every other time, except once where he beat Federico f- uh, for second place at 2019's WBC.
2: And Matt, who's one of our amazing Discord mods calculated that there is a 97% chance of somebody doing worse than me on a coin flip, which is also equal to, there is a 3% chance of me performing as well as I have. So it, I am very good at coin flips. There's only a 3% chance that I would have been able to do what I have done. Uh, so basically, I think what we really want to know is you never want to be up against me in a coin flip because that's where things are, are won and lost. I think so. Mostly won by me.
0: It's really painful. It's great. Uh How but well. yeah, definitely go uh go check this out. You can drill down into individual picks and see what round they were in, the score, who made them. It's fantastic. Uh thank you very much uh Jason for putting this together.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. It's really truly an incredible achievement.
1: We we haven't mentioned that it's called the Wikipedia. Yes. Like it also in name. At Ricky's dot net.
2: But what is what is actually even better than this is like better than, than maybe anything else I've ever seen on the internet ever uh, is the fact that it goes all the way back and chronicles every prediction that we've done, including like the audio predictions that we did one year. An air power based set of predictions that wow. we did one year. We did like, all it's cameras- got everything.
1: The audio predictions.
2: Yep. Which I won. So it goes, it begins in 2017 with our annual predictions. <laughs> Nobody won the AirPower game. No, because no, it never came out. Yeah. The, the no. It was, when will it come out? And none of us picked never.
0: <laughs> I, I said AirPower will come out the first week of December 2018. I was very confident in this. Uh...
2: I was the least confident, but still not unconfident enough. It, was my, it will come out after the 2018 iPhone event was what I
0: guessed. It says winner Nobody.
1: The Wikipedia is on GitHub, and if you want, you can open an issue. You can fork mm-hmm. the, the repo. It's incredible. Okay. Uh, wow.
2: Don't start opening issues when you lose.
1: Mm, we'll see about
0: that.
2: Right? I'd like to open an issue. I have not won enough.
0: This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? It could be driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company or providing customer service with a contact form. When these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business, not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there's a solution, transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when your cart checkout forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there is a failure via SMS, email, or your favorite apps like Slack, Ops Genie, or PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored and the severity of the outage, you can customize who's alerted and how they get notified. So if it's a little problem, you can send a little notification. But if it's a big problem, you can send a big notification to a lot of people. It's great. Discover problems with your website before your users let you know. You should be the first one to know. And it's super easy to make that happen. It's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a free 30-day trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to buy, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show and Relay FM. Should we move on to some follow-up?
2: Yeah, in uh, our last episode when we were talking a little bit about uh, AirTags, Federico recommended a topic for Ungenius, which is another <laughs> show that me <laughs> and Stephen host about weird Wikipedia articles, and he recommended that we look into something called the Quadro Tracker. Uh, we just did it for our most recent episode. Uh, I recommend you go and listen to it because it's bananas. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic.
1: I didn't know you actually did it. Well, of course you did. Listen. Yeah, we
0: bumped it to the top of the list. It's definitely worth listening to.
1: Beautiful. I mean, the, descrip- the description alone is going to make you listen. Need to find some drugs or a lost person or maybe a hidden weapon? We have the device just for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's basically it. Hey, Federico, how's your email journey going?
1: It's in a limbo right now. Mm. We're, we are back on Gmail. I think w- what we are considering the most is fast mail. As an alternative service, why? But I don't know. It seems interesting. They have some team collaboration features, I believe. Hmm. They have this separate, like, collaborative service that is also made by Fastmail. That I don't remember the name of it. Okay. Maybe Pro- Project Box, something like that. That's Maybe. a terrible name. If I- it's <laughs> a terrible. <laughs> name. It's like I. I cannot remember that name because it's so generic. Okay. But yeah, I'm considering that. The problem is that right now we already lost a few emails uh, because of DNS propagation silliness mm. in our transition in our tran- um, transition last week uh, from Hey to Gmail. Yeah. And right now, for reasons that I'm sure you, Mike, and Stephen will totally understand, I cannot afford to have emails be undelivered right now. It's a busy time. It's a busy time. And so we have to use this current system that we have right now. We also had to deal... Topic Box? Topic Box, yes, not Project Box. (laughs) I mean, Topic Box is not that much better than (laughs) Project Box.
2: If anything, Project Box might be better for what the... Anyway.
1: Yeah. Okay. And... um, What was I saying? So, yeah, we're using Gmail. We're still dealing with some, you know, DNS stuff and email authentication and that kind of stuff. But at the very least, we have working email that we can send and receive. And that's all that matters right now. But we exported everything out of, hey, I confirmed that we got everything we needed. I canceled my subscription let a few days pass, and as of last night, I also deleted my Hey account. So we are now... Well, we're not completely gone because I guess Basecamp will keep uh, data for 30 days and for like sort of last-ditch attempt to backup purposes for 60 days. Uh, Like they say, they're going to delete our data in 30 days, but we will be able to request a backup in 60 days, which is kind of confusing. Like, when will my data be gone from your servers? Uh, Still... We're gone now, so that's all that matters, actually. Um, Yeah. Using Gmail, using Spark as per Mm. your suggestion, Mike, because that's like the most basic version of collaboration that John and I were able to find with something that we were already familiar with. It's great. I like Spark. I really dislike the iPad version. Because it doesn't use the native multi-column layout. Yeah, I was and listening so, to
2: App Stories and I hadn't thought of that before, and then I hated to know it. Right, like I I hadn't yeah. considered it, but when you said it, I was like, God damn it! Right, yeah. <laughs> because now whenever I use the iPad app, I'm acutely aware of needing to swipe over to get the yes. folders.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. I I really like uh, a few things that Spark does, like. To is integration, which we're going to talk about that later as to why that matters. Um, they have the, obviously, the ability to chat. I have never used, will never use, and I wish I could wipe it from settings, the quick reaction thing. Like, you know, how in Spark, they want you to react to messages. With I feel like, like I this, never see that.
0: I think you can turn it off, maybe.
1: Uh, you can turn it off. But you cannot actually delete it from set. Like, you can delete, I believe, some of the emoji, but at the very least, you gotta keep two emoji in settings, even if you don't use quick replies. I don't know. It's silly. I don't understand no. why that. I think those
2: emoji thing. are for the Teams thing, though. Cause they have like a, 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 a emoji reactions in the chat stuff, like Slack does. So I think that might be what that's for.
1: Still, like, I don't love it for. Yeah, I mentioned on an App Store, it's like they have this weird mix going on of some native UI elements and some custom stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a strange mix, visually speaking. Sometimes you get a totally custom menu and other times you get a native context menu, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of odd combination. I wish they were able to unify the design language a little bit. But it's fine. I mean, overall, it's fine. I can share messages. I can collaborate with John. It's okay. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe what's the name? Topic box. Topic box. Yeah. Maybe that I will consider. Uh, But after I'm done with the, you know, not right now because I cannot switch DNS again right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, and the thing is that it's also, I guess if you stay with Spark, it doesn't matter what email service you use.
1: Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, Um,
2: Because their their chat thing is just built into a Spark account and then they just do whatever they're doing to, to put it all together. Yeah, I I need to move from Hey, but I've got like, I'm working with someone right now on a project and I gave them, they needed an email address because they're setting up like a web thing for me and I created a Hey email address for them and I really, and now I have to like deal with this other person's email address as well as my own, you know? And that's like so frustrating to me. I have to be like, hey, you know, I made you sign up for that email service that you probably didn't want to use, well, now I need you to go here, download your mbox file, take mm. it over to here. And like, it's like, oh, I'm kind of, I think I'm going to wait until this project's done and then I'm going to move. And for me, it was like, as I said last time, I don't think I was ever going to stay on Hay because I just fundamentally don't like it. Um, but I, I am going to, I'm going to move, I'm going to move everything back to Gmail, I think.
0: I'm glad I never left. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't move my email around. <laughs> Uh, We got some more information about the new 24-inch iMac. Apple put up a support document on the 30th that caught my eye. They say that under normal circumstances, it is only 7 decibels in volume. So it does have two fans. There are little fans there under the chin because the Mm -hmm. whole computer is under the chin. Uh, 7 decibels. I I looked it up. So I have some some common sounds and how loud they are in decibels. A chainsaw is 120 decibels.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say that, like seven decibels. A chainsaw. I was like, oh, that's not quiet.
0: A chainsaw from eight miles away. Uh, <laughs> chainsaw is 120 decibels. That cause, That's above the threshold of pain.
2: Chainsaw would hurt.
0: Concert generally between 108 and 115 decibels or so. Uh, about 110 decibels is the threshold of pain for mo- for most people. Uh, if a jet flies over you at a thousand feet, it's 100 decibels. I-, I don't know when you have the opportunity to measure how high a plane is. That one's not super helpful. Hashtag relatable. A garbage disposal or dishwasher factory floor. Uh, that's about 80 decibels. Uh, 70 decibels is uh, about the sa- about the sound of road noise in a car or like a normal human conversation. 70 decibels is the high end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have like a conversation at home is maybe 50. A library is about 40. <laughs> the whisper of rustling leaves is 20. And breathing is 10. And below 10, most people can't hear anything. I certainly can't. So
2: the iMac is just incredibly gently breathing. Though.
0: Effectively silent under everyday be. use. Don't which like that. which oh, is no. really cool. I'm an iMac. Hello, <laughs> hello. I'm running Finder. Now I'm running Dropbox.
2: I am so happy. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was that. You know what? I didn't give you the credit for that. It took a second for that joke to land on me. That was a very good joke. I, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that the ship dates of, of continue to slip on this computer. So you don't rage by one.
0: <laughs> I'm having
2: a editing challenge at the moment. That my MacBook Pro can handle significantly better than my iMac Pro. Yeah. So I, I'm working on uh, a member special right now where there are, you will probably understand this more, Stephen, than maybe, but like in in Logic, every little section is called an event. Mm-hmm. It's like where you, this one has over 5,000 events. It's, Obscene! It's obscene what I'm, what was happening you, with this.
0: You have created something you shouldn't have.
2: Yeah, I had somebody help me, and they edit with Strip Silence, and Strip Silence creates all those. Li- anyway, Jason, on my iMac Pro, there wasn't Jason. Uh, not it, Jason. I, 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 no Jason. When I drag, so if I select all forward and drag, and I've got like say like forty five hundred events, my iMac Pro beach balls, <laughs> right? My M one, not a problem.
0: You know what you need?
2: My M1 MacBook Pro handles it fine.
0: You know what you need to do? You need to buy an iMac. <laughs> uh,
2: no! I'm, and, well, I'm, I've got the MacBook Pro now, right? But like, basically my thinking is, well, now I'm kind of coming to the realization that this iMac Pro would performs worse than a 24-inch iMac would for me at yeah. the, some of my tasks. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm staying strong. I'm doing all of this editing on the MacBook Pro, but I cannot wait for... A computer to replace my Mac Pro now. Like I have, even more so. Like I've actually, I have hit an issue. Man, I'm so pleased I have this MacBook Pro because I would be pulling my hair out at this point trying to edit this project. Like I honestly don't know how I would do it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I'm just I'm just pleased that that these things aren't immediately available. Uh, that's good for me.
0: They've slipped, and then I saw an article uh, today as well that the especially the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is also, like, way out into mid-July. It's like July. Yeah.
2: I think they're being conservative a little bit, too. uh, But there definitely are uh, shortages. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know if you do, because I can't remember a time when... Uh, a product had like a listed window after you buy it. Can either of you think of that? Like my the iPad that I bought for Adina, like the delivery date is like twenty first to twenty eighth of May.
0: Oh, yeah, it's it's demand, it's chip shortage, and I, I agree with you. I think they probably are being a, a little conservative in case something happens. Uh, they they would rather over deliver then come back to you and say oh you thought you were getting it this week but you're really you're getting it in three more weeks right that's not that's not a good look for anyone
2: it would be weird like i I, that would feel super strange for me to apple for apple to contact me and tell me there's a delay on the product. like that just seems like a very strange thing to occur Mm -hmm. i would want a personal email from tim if that was the case
0: Tim, uh, Tim uh, is the operations guy, right? This is what they do, and so mm-hmm. these dates they're not going to miss, I don't think. But I will be sure to let you know how good the iMac is when my uh, my gets here for my my review. I could just send it to you when I'm done with it. Promsoft. Well, orange I mean, would look good in your studio.
2: Oh, it would look great. Orange is the color I would get. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you just want to give it to me, then great. No, it's not. Really, what I meant. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what you said. You said I'll just send it to you. That was that
0: relay was can buy it from from <laughs> from five twelve pixels. Interesting. Uh, and then you can buy. it well, from that reality. doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? <laughs> we are uh, we're celebrating uh, relay membership time. The annual specials for our members are rolling out as we speak. These are uh, extra episodes of a bunch of our shows, uh, just for Relay FM. And so, Mike, you were on the Reconcilable Differences one that published today.
2: It published today. That was that was quite an honor. I had a great time.
0: I'm going to listen to that uh, during my bike ride later. I think
2: I don't really remember what we spoke about because we started recording at my 1 a.m.
0: Wow! So I was a little loopy. That's that's no bueno. That's no good at all. I think it was good. I I think it was good for the show. Yeah. Sometimes you got to make sacrifices, you know. Yeah. For your for your content Uh, on UnGenius, we talked about Star Wars Day. May the 4th, and uh, the Connected one is out, and it made a lot of people feel really special inside. So there's lots more coming. Uh, You can get those no matter what show you're a member of. We send those to all Relay FM members. But if you go to getconnectedpro.co, you can become a member of Connected. You'll get all those annual specials from all the shows. Access to the Discord, and you'll also get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad free version of the show each and every week that we have a, a lot of fun making.
2: Getconnectedpro.co.
0: .co. Federico, you yes. may be getting your wish. So tell us about this uh, report of uh, Apple Music Hi Fi.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things here that are interesting. So according to this website called Hits Double Daily, um, spotted by Mike Rumors, Uh, They're saying that Apple plans to unveil a higher fidelity version of Apple Music within the, they say, the coming weeks. And they also mentioned that there will be some new generation, uh, some new AirPods to go along with this. So Hits Double Daily is saying that Apple is working on Apple Music Hi-Fi, basically, that new AirPods will be the sort of the product paired, uh, like officially speaking, with this new uh, version of Apple Music. And it's expected to cost well, actually the same current price of Apple Music, which is $9.99 a month. Um, So this is fascinating for a few reasons. Um, Obviously, the price. If that is correct, and if Apple is actually going to do like a lossless, high-resolution tier for Apple Music at $10 a month, they would be undercutting the entire competition in this field, Uh, including Amazon, with Amazon Music HD, which I believe it's $15 a month. So... Pricing-wise, like, if this is true, I kind of get the feeling that Apple is not going to make it a... So, this is my theory. If this is correct, that there's not going to be, like, a price increase for this, maybe it's not going to be a separate tier. They're just going to say, oh, and we updated the Apple Music stream quality. And now it's high resolution and there's no change for you. Sort of like how they dropped 4K movies on iTunes without having to raise prices at all. Like, Or
2: well, when they, they've, done, they, they've done it with music before, like iTunes. Yep. The digital Plus, master like version. At a certain point, they just yes. put all the quality up, even on old songs, and you could upgrade them for free
1: yeah and they just like even when they did the apple digital masters on the iTunes store yeah. um they didn't raise the prices so if this is correct maybe they're they are going to repeat what what happened in the past they're just going to say yeah we we raised the quality well i also wondered
2: if they have like the regular apple music costs like 5.99 they just reduced the price of the standard tier and then 9.99 gets you the higher tier and one of the reasons i thought they might want to do that is because apple music on its own is really expensive now compared to apple one like so apple music on its own is ten dollars a month and apple one is fifteen dollars a month and then you also get arcade tv plus and icloud so i don't know maybe that could be or they could do what what you're suggesting of like just hey it's it's ten bucks now and that's that's everything um But that doesn't come with its own branding opportunity though, right? Because, so here's the thing, like going on what you were saying and what you've been talking about before, like that Spotify being the main one will also have something called Spotify Hi-Fi and that's going to be their high fidelity tier. But And if Apple Music don't have this as a tier, people Mm -hmm. might think that they don't have high fidelity.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That is is the problem. So I don't know. I kind of hope that it's going to be a separate thing and that they are actually going to match uh, what the rest of the industry is doing in this regard, which is why I find this um, detail on the pricing interesting.
2: Also, like, uh, what a terrible time, though, for them to say, oh, hey, we're doing something that costs exactly the same as Spotify again, Mm. right? With the European Union stuff. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, but they we're going to charge the same price. If they want to do it, we'll take 30% from them. But going back as well to that AirPods thing that you mentioned, does that seem like the right product pairing? Like the, the, the regular AirPods with a high fidelity audio service?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, it, I don't think you want to listen to high fidelity music with a bunch of teeny tiny AirPods. Yeah. But that's well. What, not...
0: what if they took the HomePod Mini and made a bigger version of it?
1: wouldn't that be called a HomePod?
0: <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty interesting product that Apple's never explored. Oh,
1: I see what you're doing.
2: I see what you're saying. I'm like, what are you talking about? That took me a minute. Yeah, Apple's really successful home HomePod Mini. They should make a bigger one of They those. should make a bigger home, one. HomePod Bigger, mm-hmm. you should yeah. call it. So here's my other question for you two. So they're saying within the coming weeks, will mm-hmm. this be pre-WWDC? Would it be yeah. iOS 15? Okay. Would they announce it at here's, WWDC?
1: Here, here's where it gets interesting. So 9 to 5 Mac reported this, Mac rumors reported this. I was also shown these code strings a few weeks ago and I kept silent. Um, but basically in the in iOS 14.6 beta 1 there there's a bunch of different code references to things like Dolby Atmos, Dolby Audio and lossless within the music app. So in mm-hmm. the mus- in in files for the music app in the you know um in the 14.6 beta 1 uh, firmware there's these references in the music app and it seems to me like iOS 14 so my theory is that iOS 14.6 will be out before WWDC and this will be part of that announcement um i don't know i just i think it'll be kind of strange to see 14.6 as part of a WWDC keynote video where they also announce iOS 15. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a little strange? Like there's a there's a new feature and we're going to talk about it and there's some changes happening to Apple Music and now also let's talk about the next version of iOS. I don't know, it feels I like mean,
0: the t- I mean maybe it could be like we're so excited for this, we don't want to wait till the fall. We want everyone to enjoy this mm, now, you know.
1: Maybe Maybe
2: yeah, like it. They could they could have it as part of the Apple Music a an Apple Music part of WWDC, right? So like, maybe they have some features in music that they want to show off of iOS fifteen, and they'll say, oh, and hey, we've got this new service that we're rolling out from today that will, will. But like, I, I I expect personally if this does happen, if this is happening soon, it. It will probably be a press release.
1: This feels like press release material to me.
2: Yes, but but at the same time, I could also imagine them holding it for for a little bit longer now, because I I I don't know, but it, it seems it's a bit of a rough a rough go at the moment, right? Like I I don't know how much you would really want to continue to shine a light on competitive in the music streaming service world. Like, I don't know if now is the mm-hmm. right time. I also don't know if they would care. Um, but I think that an argument could be made for one of the potential reasons why AirTags were so delayed was that they were trying to get out ahead of the tile thing by putting the Find My Network in place first. Yes. Because I, I feel I feel pretty confident in my assumption that the Find My Network maybe never would have existed or definitely wouldn't have existed before AirTags, right? in a in a different regulatory environment or like threat of legal environment, it seems very strange for Apple to be like, "We're doing this thing, oh, and here's our thing it It kind of feels like it would have been the other way around if anything, mm-hmm. so I don't know but i I stand by what we've said in on in the past on the show, like Apple should do this. they should have done this a long time ago, considering the type of hardware that they sell, but as we also spoke about, it's gonna be interesting to see like how much higher quality can they go and what hardware of theirs will actually support that?
0: Did, did you see uh, Arnold Kim's tweet about Hits Daily Double? Yeah. I'll read it. The last time we reported on a rumor from Hits Daily Double was way back in 2001. They predicted a device called the iPod. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the post is one sentence on Mac Rumors. iPod, a portable hard drive for music. That will feature a FireWire connection for extra fast data transfer. They, uh,
1: they got it right. That is uh, like the ultimate mic drop. Like yeah. the last time we linked to these folks, they predicted the iPod. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: that's all you need to I know. love
2: the Mac Rumors post. It's so yeah. short.
1: Yeah, all of these right. old Mac rumors posts from 20 years ago used to be like that. Uh, oh, which is also 20 in-
2: years ago. Oh, yes. that's a horrible so thing you just this said. Is,
1: <laughs> this is one of the things I love about Mac rumors. Uh, the fact that the website has been around for two decades and the fact that Arn remembers this stuff yep. and every so often uh, links to these old posts on Mac rumors. Uh, it's kind of like what I've hope i can do someday with mac stories which Mm -hmm. you know we've been around 12 years which is a pretty good time in internet years but Mm. mac rumors has a much much longer history and that's one of the many things i love about the website uh that they can do this kind of stuff and you go back in time and you can see the comments on, on on this post truly incredible uh yeah. Good job. It's daily double. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, it being 20 years ago, I've, you know, I've been doing that 2001 revisited series yep. and it's very upsetting every time. Cause I have a, a, a long list of things a month they're in and it's like, yeah, like OS 10, I get it. But then like some of the things later on the list is, is like, Oh no, <laughs> like that's really upsetting. Including the iPod. But, uh, when is the 20 years of the iPod? It's in uh, October. It's in the fall. October. Speaking of things that haven't been updated in 20 years, the iPad mini is back in the rumor cycle. <laughs> that,
2: was good. that was good.
0: That was really good. <laughs> You're really good at this,
1: Steven. You should be a podcaster. We
0: have all wanted the iPad <laughs> mini to become more like the iPad Pro and now the iPad Air with flat sides and little bezels. We think it'd be really, really awesome. But uh it seems like that may not be the case. So so Mike, what uh what is the current word on the street?
2: Yeah, so that there was a there was some reports from Ming Chi Kuo who's also reporting this today a while ago. We actually spoke about them ages ago on the show, about there being an update, but that Quo was expecting it to still have a touch ID home button, still have a lightning port, but have a larger display. With some slimmer bezels. And it was disappointing then. But the thing that's become more disappointing about this is now this product is not expected to be released until the second half of 2021. So by the time this product actually comes out, that is going to look so old. Because Apple, especially because I think the rest of this year is going to see some quite aggressive product design from Apple, right? With, with the Macs, I, I think we're going to see some pretty, like incredible looking design there. And at that point, it will basically just be the original iPad and the iPad mini that don't have that iPad Pro inspired flat side design. And it's I think it's just going to look really odd to be like, here's here's our new iPad mini and it's like still got a home button, Mm -hmm. right? It's like still curved around the edges. Like it's going to... This product would have been more acceptable if they would have released it a couple of weeks ago. I think like six, seven months from now, it's going to it's going to really stick out i think
0: but remember like so the way i think apple thinks about it is the ipad air and the ipad pro are a pair and the ipad mini and the cheap ipad are a pair which i disagree with cuz the ipad mini is more premium at least in price than the the cheap ipad so maybe it's like until the regular iPad is ready, the iPad mini doesn't get anything new either, which bums me out, but I can kind of see how that would make sense. But I I
2: agree with the idea of thinking that they're pairings or whatever, but I still think that they should update the design of them and pair them more. Like, you know, like Apple make Touch ID uh, power buttons now rather than home buttons. We'll put that on it and get rid of the home button from the front. And now, you know, now we're starting to talk, right? Like... If it would still look way more modern if they just got rid of the home button, even and, you know they were able to make the device physically smaller at that point, and it'd be great. But yeah, I just think, it, you know, I I would be intrigued by this device. Depend also, it depends on the internals as well for me. Like, what chip did they put in it? Like, I think because you know the the iPad Mini with the A12 in it right now is really aged, and uh, you know I'd be worried. I <laughs> I hope they would put an A14 in it at least. Um, but yeah, I just think that this. This isn't the product that I want it to be. And, it, you know, I feel I feel it's a little bit sad about thinking that it's also going to be a really long time until we see one.
1: I'm so sad about this. I was really hoping that we're going to do the small iPad Pro device, which is perfect for reading. Because I really... Oh, this is a whole thing. I really... I've gone back to reading things on the iPad, and by things, I mean articles. Uh, it's a whole story. Didn't
0: you just get a Kindle and, like, do the whole thing? No, he got he got something else, didn't he? What was it,
2: like Kobo or something? Yeah. And that didn't Man. work out, huh? Man, it's...
0: <laughs> yeah, who would ever switch between things like readers or task managers? I, mean, I don't know. Email it's
2: services. Like oh. It's how, how would you say flip-flop in Italian?
1: Ah, uh, see, that's an interesting question. Well, we don't say flip-flop. If any Italians are listening to this, please get in touch with me on Twitter. I think we would say Volta Gabbana, but I'm not positive. Can you tell me? Can you tell
2: me that more slowly, please? Are you t- are you texting it to me?
1: It's in the Discord. I'm pretty sure. Hold on.
2: Volta uh, Gabbana. Yes, Volta Gabbana. Okay, so we have flip flop and Volta Gabbana.
1: Uh, yeah, somebody who changes ideas and opinions. For uh, see that's the thing that I don't like about this word which is kind of hmm somebody changes opinions and ideas for their own or like for because they are opportunistic or for personal gain yeah. with great ease and quickly.
2: Mm. Yeah, I would say personal gain it quick with great Bander- ease and quickly. Der-
1: <laughs> okay, so there's a, the syn- the synonym of that banderuola is also very good. I would go with that which literally means little flag banderuola.
2: Can you again put that in the Discord so I can try and say it? Yes. Because I I, 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 I struggle to hear the letters. Okay, it's B A N D E R U O L A. Oh, yes. that, that 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 all those sounds at the end that. there are difficult for me. Try and say that. Banderola.
1: Yes, that's pretty okay, good. Okay,
2: Banderola and flip flop. There we go. I don't know if there's a, a particularly British English or just English term for this. Uh, I'll have to think if there's something more. British, but I'm not a flip-flopper or a banderola like you two, so no problem here.
1: In any case, I'm really sad that they're not making that Pro mm-hmm. <sighs> well, jo- iPad Pro I Mini. Well, unless they do make an iPad Pro Mini. Where's Johnny Ive when you need him? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Johnny wouldn't stand for what this. What's Johnny
1: doing anyway?
2: Nothing. Seems Nothing. like.
1: <laughs> Enjoying retirement. Well, does,
2: No, he works at Airbnb, doesn't he? He consults ah, at yes. Airbnb.
1: Oh my god, I totally forgot this was. It was a true story, right?
2: Yeah, because well, it was one of those things that was like, they announced it, and then that was the end of that, right? Like, they announced it in October, and then, like, we never heard anything more about it, but...
1: Designing the future of Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And it's all that... But to be
2: fair, if it was just announced, it's hardly likely they would have anything to show for a long time. Right, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, look how long it took him to redesign the iMac. He had to leave. He had to to leave to get that done.
2: (laughs) Can't wait to see the first Apple Love From collaboration, Mm -hmm. right? They were supposed to be working together for a long time. Ah, Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see the first collaboration.
1: Maybe it's the AirTags, which is literally a white button. Oh, no he would is. never
2: like johnny would never have a removable battery
1: surely right you're sure you're right you're right you wouldn't do that mm. all right
0: this episode of connected is brought to you by text expander from our friends at smile supercharge your team with the power of text expander your team can do more with the same resources that means less repetition fewer errors and greater consistency so, your team will feel like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. That is quite the change. With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current by sharing your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. This makes sure that everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer questions. Help your team work faster and smarter by using Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything everyone types. Text expanders powerful snippets save you time, so that all you type is a short abbreviation, and Text Expander types the rest. Keep your whole team communicating efficiently with consistent language. Share your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. I use Text Expander for pretty much anything I type more than a few times a week. So of course I have the the obvious ones like emails and addresses, but also, things like uh, funny little things with emoji that I like to send people, or things uh like the command to uh kill the finder in the terminal. you know what I use for that one? Can you guys guess what what the snippet is is it could kill it is semicolon die d i e oh my gosh, and then finder dies wow my my text
2: expander thing is to put like doubling up the letters at the beginning of a word.
1: I do that too. <laughs>
2: right. So if I wanted, so mine would be there, like KKILL mm-hmm. or something like that, and it would fire it off.
0: That's how I do it. But you can do anything you want with Text Expander because it's flexible. You can use it on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, the iPad. And connected listeners get 20% off their first year. Just go to TextExpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to TextExpander Expander from Smile and their support of the show and Relay FM. Air tags. It feels, it feels like they came out forever ago now, doesn't it? It, it was just Friday. It was like I know. four or five they're, days ago.
2: They're kind of boring, right?
1: I mean. It's
0: like,
2: so here's my thing. It's fun to set them up. Yeah. It's fun to try them out for the first time. Sure. And then that's it. What I like, I feel like I have a very attractive key ring now. Mm. I have the brown one. The leather brown one, and I had the little white disc inside, and it's got my initials on it, and I think that's a very nice looking keyring. Yeah, and I'm happy I have the keyring. It's also like it's big enough that it's easy to grab, you know. So like I have something, so I reach into my pocket, and it's like just an easy thing to me to grab. There, nice, easy, very happy. Mm-hmm. But I guess the whole point of this product is like you are betting on your future with it, right? I like,
1: the thing about the air tags is that it's a difficult product to enjoy because as a product, it's predicated upon the idea of something bad happening to you. Yeah. And so, like, do, can you enjoy AirTags? Well, yeah, you can if you lose your stuff, and that's mm-hmm. not fun, <laughs> you no. know? So I also put them on my car keys. I have now a fancy AirTag, uh, you know. I have a sort of a key fob and AirTag and uh, Zelda-themed keyring setup going on. Did you get engraved? Mix. Did you no, do engraving? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not an engraved type person myself.
2: I wasn't, and I'm not with anything else, but for me the engraving on the air tags I think is is the move. I think that's the way to go. I
1: only engrave my body with tattoos. Not my objects. Yes. Can
2: mm-hmm. you imagine if they offered the full emoji set we could all get weird fish air tags?
1: See in that case I would do it. Same. Yeah. In that case, I, I would make an exception.
2: They really need to find a way to do that. Like, I understand the issues, like in just in logistics of of having every single.
1: No, emoji, I but don't. No, I don't. When you have true two trillion, when you're a two trillion dollar company, I don't understand the issue with. Well, so supporting the, the I understand full emoji that set. it's
2: difficult, but they should find a way to make it happen. Is the end right? It's like <laughs> yes. I'm sure it must be hard. Fix sure. it, right? I want every emoji available to me so I can yeah. choose.
0: I, uh, I yeah, we bought several their own keys and then bags, and I got one in my truck for some reason. I'm using uh, the Belkin keychain, so they have two. They have one that comes with a ring, and the one that comes with like a like a loop that's on like yeah. some sort of string. Uh, that those are the ones we I used in mine and Mary's bags. I like, looped them around a, a zipper on the inside. Mm-hmm. I like the Belkin keychain. I mean, it's like black plastic, but the, and I have an Apple one here. I got the red one. And I just, I don't love the leather look. I don't know. The the, the Belkin one is, it's not. Are you talking about the loops? Uh, what? which Or the key ring? Uh, well, with Belkin, I like the look of both better than anything Apple does. Um,
2: wow that's interesting I don't like the Belkin key ring I love the Apple keyring. ring
0: yeah I have the Belkin key ring on my keys okay
2: I like the look of the leather loop ones but I'm not convinced that they're right for like a backpack I, I think maybe the like Belkin secure holder thing is probably better for a backpack yeah but I haven't I have one of those but I haven't used it yet just because like with, I just have just like very large uh, like piece of leather just like on the bag now I don't know I don't like the bulking hearing, though.
0: Why? Is this because it looks cheap?
2: It's not the cheapness. What, I, I, think I, I think I said this on upgrade, but it kind of makes it look more like a toy. Like, just with it being, like, plastic rather than leather. I don't know. It just has more of, like, a, a toy look to it, especially with some of the colors you can get it in.
0: Yeah. I think I, it's, I like, think the
2: rounded fun. plastic, I think, it kind of evokes toy to me.
0: I mean, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. fancy by any means. You are not particularly nice, but uh, it works. So I have a stack of them here because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I haven't used them all. So uh, again, like we said last time, I think when we travel, they'll be more useful. Uh, but yeah. uh, they're here. They're fun. The family sharing thing, people have talked about this, where the way it works is if, uh, if you travel with an unknown AirTag, there's a setting to say, hey, this AirTag belongs to somebody I know. Don't bother me about it for 24 hours, or don't bother out. Don't bother me about it ever again. And that's fine. And, and and Apple's gone the conservative route here, and I think that should be the default, the way that works. But I do wish for an option to say, hey, any AirTag, you know, set up by my spouse, I'm I'm fine with it being where I am, and uh, I think that would be. A little bit less annoying than the current setup. Again, I think the current setup should remain. I think what I'm saying should be an option for safety reasons.
2: There isn't really a good option for family sharing. It just isn't. Like, you can't share in an AirTag, and I find that All you can
0: tell your phone is to ignore it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, And so if my wife takes my truck or my keys or both, you know, she's going to get a message that an AirTag is going to follow her around, and she's got to tell her her phone to ignore that. And I just think that could be a little bit nicer. Uh, and, and I always find it frustrating when Apple has a new feature or product that just doesn't work with family sharing because so much of it just ignores the fact that people sometimes know and even live with other people.
2: And again, it's, it's like what Federico said, I'm sure we'll have more stories. We could potentially have more stories to tell about them in the future, but it is very much like a wall. have it now now i just need to wait to see what it's like if i lose something you kind of just have to wait
1: honestly i bought them and i'm pretty sure i'm never gonna use them because i never lose anything so as we all know
2: so we obviously spent a lot of time talking about hey last week got a lot of great feedback and follow-up about the episode which i appreciated um or base camp i should say uh, there was, there's been a bunch of stuff happening since, and just I just wanted to touch on it kind of as follow up more than anything else. So there's another really great Casey Newton article. Um, it was in Casey's uh, newsletter platform, and also cross-post on The Verge as well, uh, which kind of details an all hands meeting at Basecamp, so all an all employee meeting, which occurred after the everything kicked off last week. One detail that was kind of flabbergasting to me was that the way that Basecamp's employees found out about the policy changes was the blog post that Jason Free posted. Like They they never actually consulted or even informed the employees at Basecamp about these changes before they just went ahead and told the world how great they were for making them. There's a lot of information that came out from uh, people that were on the call giving quotes to Casey Newton as to how it went. And the internal call was just like, it just seemed like a cavalcade of disasters, honestly. Uh, we won't go into it all here because there's a lot. Like, I actually just really recommend reading this article. But, it you know, this call was so bad that it led to over 20 of Basecamp's 57 employees choosing to leave the company. And there seems to be more of them leaving still. Uh, so, you know, we're talking, we're like approaching half of the company is left after this. And I think it was yesterday, Jason Freed published a blog post. Both Jason Freed and David Hanemeyer Hansen went quiet a couple of days ago, which they weren't which before. Which is weird for
0: one of them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> my expectation is that they are working with a crisis management company. I don't know this, but would be my expectation. Because it's like, all of a sudden, they just went quiet. Like, they need someone to help. Those exist? Oh, yeah.
0: It's a whole industry.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's a part, it's a part of public relations. Hmm. Okay. Like it's a part of PR, like crisis management. And it can, form, it can take many forms. It can be something you've done or something that's happened to you, right? So like a company, your company's done something that they didn't mean to do and now you're in a crisis and so you need public relations help to deal with that. I don't know that that this is happening, but also at the same time, considering the situation that they found themselves in right now and they are a serious company, uh, I would, would suggest that they probably should look into it, right? Like, how do you get out? I mean, this?
0: they were in the New York Times over the weekend. That's not... What you want? It's not
2: not great. So you know, Jason Free published a, uh, another Hey World post where he makes an apology on behalf of the company, but no, there's no reversal of uh, decisions. I think he's very uh, kind; would be a word to use maybe about the staff that have left. You know, he says some nice things about them. Um, and kind of like saying, hey, well, this is what we're doing now and this is how we're going to move forward. So my kind of feeling is, right, like their bed's made, they've made their bed now and uh, now they will now they will lie in it, right? Like this is decision yeah. that they've made. They are happy with the decisions that they've made. And this is what, I think we said this, or at least I said this in last week's episode. They can run their company however they want to. Sure. They did a thing. They've had a bunch of reaction. They've taken in the reaction and they decided this is what they want to do. Go for it. But then you live with the ramifications of your decisions.
1: Yeah, good luck with that. I just want to clarify how. I don't understand exactly what is he apologizing for in the blog post. Uh, David and I completely own the consequences and we're sorry. So you're sorry for the consequences? Like, I don't get it. So uh, this Yeah, that really- is interesting,
2: actually. I hadn't considered that until you just said it. It's like, yeah, you you can completely own the consequences, that's fine. Yeah. What are you actually sorry about? Because yeah, you're not changing anything. <laughs> no. Nope. So why, what are you, it's like, I'm sorry you felt that way. You know, it's like one of those I'm kind of apologies. sorry
1: that this blew up on Twitter and in public. Like, uh, I don't think they are apologizing for anything. I think they are pretty much set in their ways. And uh, good luck with that.
2: Yeah, as I said, like, go for it. Like, I d- fundamentally disagree with th- what they're doing. But this is the decision that they've taken and it's like look you've seen, they've seen what's happened to them now they they know what they've done they know that they've exploded their company and that's that I, I really like I am very intrigued to see what happens from here because 57 people in a company they've lost 20 of them mm. some reporting suggesting that like it includes their entire iOS stuff yeah. and I just don't know how you continue from something like that.
1: If you don't have an iOS dev team at all the the obvious consequence is that all updates to your mobile apps are gonna take a while, right? Yeah.
2: Because And like I don't know how you wholesale replace an entire team. Like yeah. it feels like a massive task because usually you it's a slower rolling thing, right? Somebody leaves. And then a new person comes in and then that person's trained about the way the company works exactly. and the by the people that
1: are of left. The, of the app, like there's a whole mm-hmm. thing of the, the frameworks that you're using, the, sort of the whole stack, right, of of mm-hmm. the thing that you're building. But to have an entire team just quit, I, I, I don't know how you're supposed to deal with that. And um, from a pure customer perspective, Like, I I wouldn't want to be, and I'm not personally, but I wouldn't want to be in a position where I rely on Basecamp's iOS apps right now, because who knows when they are going to get updated with fixes or new features, right? Yeah. As
2: is being, this is interesting, I thought this is being pointed out in the Discord right now, like a quarter of this post is just talking about how they're running fine. Eh. And that could be enough of, that could be why this post exists. Like, that could be what it's supposed... is like, them at, attempting to show their customer base. Don't worry about the fact that uh, people have left.
1: Probably. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Also, who's going to work at Basecamp? Like, let set aside the fact that people are quitting Basecamp. Now, in theory, they're supposed to hire new people. So, like, to get the
2: best people in theory, these people are maybe already employed. They have experience. Like That's what they're going to need right now. They can't get a bunch of people that are new to this role. And you kind of feel like if you're looking for a new job, if you just Googled... <laughs> if you didn't know about this company and you just Googled them, it doesn't necessarily seem like... An, well, I would say it doesn't seem like an attractive place to work unless... unless Well, I mean, like, maybe. Look, there are some people in the world who's now your politics going to align with theirs. Sure. Sure. So if you agree with them, maybe this is a great place to work. Mhm. But as we said last time, does that align with Jason Freed and David Hammy Hansen's personal world views? I don't know. Right? Like I'm not going to say one way or another, right? Like what they believe because I don't I don't know them. Uh as we see, you know, what they're putting out to the world seems to be not a great world view. Mm. And this is like one of those things where I said, like you look around and you see who you have left. And do those people match with your view? I don't, and, and I don't know if they're putting out a, 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 a view to the world that would suggest it's necessarily a good one.
1: I don't know. I struggle. I really struggle to understand how you would go from being one of the most respected um sort of companies in the history of the modern web, right? Mm -hmm. To make, because they made this happen, right? And having this be your legacy. All this because you couldn't bear the fact that you had to listen to people at the workplace, share their different points of view. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't seem really business savvy, to me as a strategy i i find it fascinating in the same way that train racks can be fascinating yeah i i ju- i honestly don't understand how you could make all of this implode just because of your so
2: somebody said to me, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and and they gave me a point of view that I thought was really intriguing, where yeah you know, people have said about uh Han Hansen and Freed for years that their whole view of business is that they want to be comfortable and they just want to do the things that they want to do right and and that is this is not a criticism. Like this is kind of their whole ethos, right? This is the books that they've written of like, this is why they don't take investment. Like they just want to focus on the stuff that they want to focus on and live their lives like that.
1: More comfortable and, than a rich white man in his 40s? I mean, right, that's no, a goal. But you, <laughs> uh,
2: let, just uh, let me finish my, my point. I, I know what you're saying, right? But my, yeah. my, if they have have this mentality of just wanting things to be easy in the way that they want them to be, you can imagine how, if that's your prevailing worldview, if people start to challenge you, mm, yes, yeah, right, it's like, well, this yeah. isn't this isn't the easy time that we were looking for, and so they felt uncomfortable. Yeah, so then. they've decided, yeah. screw this, we will get rid of this, and it will be easy for us again. And I thought that that was an interesting thought. And again, we are making. Lots of assumptions, but this we're just having a conversation. We don't know what's true because we're not these people. But we can only talk about how it looks from the outside.
1: There's 20 people leaving a company. Surely something must have happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Good luck to them, mm-hmm. for sure. I think they're going to need it. We'll see.
0: This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they've got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. It is everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and use drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more – With just a few clicks, and all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so to look great on any device. You also get free unlimited hosting, top of the line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have award winning 24 7 customer support if you need any help. Let you quickly and easily grab unique domain name, Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new website or showcase your work, publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce upcoming events, and so much more. I've used Squarespace on a bunch of projects over the years, and it really couldn't be easier to get started. It's not big and scary. You just create a page, add your content, change the look. It's all... Very easy and really powerful at the same time. Head on over to squarespace.com slash connected for a free trial with no credit card acquired. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash connected. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for connected. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of the show and Relay FM. What have you done Federico?
1: Um, So one thing you should know about me is that well, one of the things uh, when I say something on the show it always has a purpose right I never say anything accidentally basically especially on connected so when I leave you know Little hints here and there of things that I would like to have or things that I would like to do. It's either because I already have them or because I'm already doing them. And I'm just letting you in on my thing without actually telling you. Because that can be a thread that can be developed later. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm a great storyteller, especially on Connected, yes. Um, okay. So, uh, and I'm also a confident person, as you can as probably, you can, as one can tell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember a while back when I said that one of the many things that really annoys me regarding task management is how I spend most of my time writing articles, uh, notes, documentation, but there's a disconnect between that writing and the actual creation of a task that relates to that document or draft or whatever it is. And I complained about how there's this divide between my text editor and my task manager and I very often find myself wishing that I could just connect the two of them. There's some ways that that can be accomplished, but I was really suggesting some like a, a sort of deeper integration. All of that uh i would say discussion a few episodes ago uh was based on the idea and i'm gonna need to contextualize here that i hired one true john's son finn one true john jr (laughs) to make to make i feel like we just
2: created a cartoon character (laughs)
1: I hired his son to work on custom Obsidian plugins for me.
2: There's so many levels. There's just there's so many levels to what you just said.
1: Yes. I realized that. <laughs> I realized that. So I'm going to let you decompress for a second and then we can dive deep into what I've been doing. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, see, that now that's how you do an introduction. Just yeah. from a storytelling standpoint.
2: Yeah, again, you are a great you know, storyteller. You know, it
1: keeps you wanting more, right? Yeah, That's the idea of introductions. Yeah, um, and
2: you are supposed to give more now, so.
1: Yes, I am supposed to. So, okay, so I've been listening to the Mac Power users. No, um, don't
0: blame me for this. This is Sparks' I'm not fault. blaming
1: you. I'm crediting you. <laughs> I'm giving you the credit. You should be, you're supposed to be happy. Okay, so let me rephrase. Don't listen to the Mac Power users. (laughs) Yeah, what do they know? What do they know? know? Um, I've been intrigued by Obsidian for a while, but I always resisted the uh, temptation to use it because it was a desktop-only app. For context, Obsidian is a plain text, note-taking app that is based on... um, just regular plain text on the file system. Uh, you use Obsidian by creating a database called a Vault, which is just a folder containing plain text files. And you may have heard of Obsidian by people who... Use it because they work in academic environments or in, you know, they are uh, students or teachers or researchers and they usually share all these custom and fancy setups that show you like these beautiful graphs. Like, of of all these connections that they can make between notes. Because one of the core features of Obsidian is, and it's kind of a sort of like a joke in tech podcasts uh, right now, it's backlinking, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea that you can link to any note and you can have these backlinks going, you know, firing off in both directions. So you can link a note to another note and you make these connections and you can see those connections in Obsidian's graph view. And more broadly speaking, uh, there's the whole theme of personal knowledge management that sort of surfaced again in 2020, I believe because of the pandemic, honestly, like a lot of people... Mm are suddenly interested in products like Roam Research and Obsidian and Notion from that point of view because they had a lot of time to spend at home in front of their computers and they realized, oh, well, I am deeply disorganized in all the things that I'm doing and also it's kind of fun to play around with these apps. But anyway, that's a bigger topic. Back to Obsidian. Uh, I resisted trying it because it was desktop only. But then, a couple of months ago, I discovered that Obsidian was actually testing a mobile version for iPhone and iPad that, unlike what the developers suggested last year, it is not a companion-type utility. Like, last year, I believe the Obsidian developers said, when we are going to do a mobile version, it's going to be like a sort of companion-type type, you know, fewer features, it's not going to be the full desktop experience. Thankfully they changed their minds because they probably got
2: quite a bit of pushback on that. Yes.
1: Obsidian for iPhone and iPad, which is currently in beta, I think it's in private beta, for the, what they are called I think, Catalyst supporters. They have different tiers of Obsidian membership, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. You can purchase a license. They have different types of licenses. And they have been extended that beta uh, throughout all the different levels of supporters that they have.
2: But it is totally free to use. They have like a 100% free personal use tier. And yes. at the moment, you don't get the mobile app. But I'm sure yes. that when it passes beta, you will. So.
1: Uh, so right now, the beta, which is on Test flight and it's also available on Android, is available to supporters. And when I realized that it was going to be the full desktop experience on iPhone and iPad, and especially when I realized it's going to support the whole set of customization features that make Obsidian great on the Mac, that's when it clicked for me and I realized I have to try this because it means I will be able to have, and this was sort of like the major realization that I had a couple of months ago. If this is actually true, if they are doing this, there's a good chance that I can finally create my totally custom text editor. And by that, I mean, I can have custom plugins, custom commands, keyboard shortcuts, custom CSS snippets, custom preview themes, and take advantage of all the features that obsidian has by default, but then build on top of it with my own stuff.
2: How is this stuff built like what are what are the options available for creating your own things
1: so at a high at a high level, you can make plugins yeah uh plug plugins are this little um okay let me let me back up a little uh obsidian uh-huh. is an electron app on desktop big time yes, but this I will say. This is the only Electron app that I will accept, because it's the very web-based foundation of Obsidian, right? It's the fact that it's built on top of web technologies that allows it not only to span multiple platforms, but to be easily customizable by a lot of people using web technologies. Okay. Uh, you can inspect on on the desktop. You can show a web inspector for obsidian that totally looks like a safari web inspector and you can take a look at how the text editor is arranged for example and you can make plugins using javascript or using node or using css and you can it's basically like programming these little web apps that are not web apps or plugins for Mm -hmm. obsidian Mm -hmm. and all of this is going to apply to iphone and ipad as well and so that, that's plugins and plugins can do things that go way beyond what you can do. For example, in like, I guess on iOS, you would have Drafts or you would have something like Tayo. These plugins can go way beyond that and actually modify the UI of the app itself. There are plugins that rearrange the way windows are, the way that panels are, Created in Obsidian, for example.
2: Do you think that these will pass through app review? That the system will pass through app review?
1: I don't see. I don't see why they should. It shouldn't pass, given how okay. you can you can have something like drafts, you can have something like Pythonista, you can have Tayo. You know all these apps I that mean, can be extended. Maybe this isn't the
2: case anymore. But like I know there used to be a thing about like creating years ago and m- adapting user interfaces inside of applications was a no no.
1: I think years ago it used to be fr- frowned upon totally i think they're gonna be fine now and if they're not gonna be fine i'll make a big mess about it on Mac big stories fight. yeah so that you know, should be
2: fun i think you and gray will get really upset and uh, yeah shout about it a lot and david yes. as well so uh,
1: so plugins are one thing then you can make themes obviously like you can customize like the the, the app ui with different colors different fonts uh themes is not a you know not a novel concept, but in Obsidian, you can you get full control over every single element of the app. And it's because all of this is based on CSS, and I'm simplifying here, right? Uh, but you can make these CSS snippets, for example, that change one particular aspect of Obsidian that you don't like. And you can install this by dropping them in a folder in the Obsidian Vault, uh, that you're using and enabling them in settings and for example a few days ago i wanted to change how search results are displayed and i just uh i had a (laughs) i commissioned the css snippet to be made for me and uh, i copied the css text and i saved it as a css file and i dropped it in and i changed that particular aspect so the fact that it's an electron app and that on iOS it's still gonna have that web appy feeling, although not as much as I feared actually, uh, and it's getting better in the beta. I will accept that because it it makes it makes all of this possible, right? But I kind of want to explain why this is all so fascinating to me and. So I
2: need to just stop you just before you do because obviously that's going to be like a whole thing and we're never going to get back to this yes. to one of a point that I wanted to make, which is like, I understand what you're saying because I have this with some tools that I use, right, too, where it's like, this is so far away. And like Spark, we were talking about, oh, it's an example for me, right? Like, I do not want to use this app because of the way it looks sometimes and, and the things that it does, but the service is so good. I think I'm surprised at, uh, how much you're willing to accept here cuz you know like i've known about obsidian for a bit because gray was using it mm-hmm. and and it is using it i've never tried it myself because i look at it and i feel like my brain starts melting like it could not look less like an ios app like i don't think i've ever encountered an application that could look less like an ios app like does does the ios version look like the desktop version yeah yes I can't even fathom, like, it, it. what it looks like is a Linux app, because that's kind of what it is, right? Or, like, it's built on that kind of mentality. Like It's got, I, uh, it's, I'm It's. i so surprised. Like, I am genuinely very surprised. I understand how powerful it is, and I, and I, I can't wait to hear exactly why it's latched on for you, because I'm sure you're doing just some banana stuff with it. But, like, does it not feel, like, really alien when you open this application?
1: It does, but it feels like Obsidian. It, like...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get used to it, right?
1: You get used to it. And I think what makes it acceptable for me is the excellent support for keyboard navigation on iPad. Mm. And so even though it's got its quirks and it's it's weird in places, it's getting better, right? But like, aren't
2: you going to get real mad when they don't support the things you want them to
1: support? But that's the thing. Um, It kind of feels like when you're working on obsidian it's kind of like its own os right hmm. okay it it kind of feels like its own system like you're within mm-hmm. a different system but here's the i think the the clever thing behind it in a way i will always be able to take advantage of the latest features in ios and ipados because my vault is just a folder in files. And so if Apple adds versioning, like proper versioning to files or better search or smart folders, I will be able to take advantage of that because it's not a proprietary system. And that's the beauty of it, that around Obsidian, like I can work inside the Obsidian app and I've been doing that a lot, but I can also build my own series of enhancements around Obsidian using files, using shortcuts that I've been building that take advantage of the file system on iPad and iPhone, right? And so it's this sort of combination of when you work in Obsidian, it feels like its own system. But if you want to take advantage of the the fact that you are on an iPhone and iPad, you still get access to those files in the Files app and you can choose to put your vault anywhere. Personally, I keep it in local storage and then I use the Obsidian Sync service to uh, sync changes between devices. And so that's exactly what I've been doing. Like I've been using uh, Obsidian itself, but also Shortcuts with Toolbox Pro that has some excellent files uh, actions that Shortcuts itself doesn't have. And I've been using like other file-based utilities to open those files. And so I'm not locked in. And if Apple ever adds certain features that I want to take advantage of, it's very likely that I will, because everything is just stored in files. But really, for me at least, the, the most important point is that I'm making I'm I'm working to build my own writing app with this system. And so I don't necessarily care if Apple doesn't give me the features that I want because I'm going to make them myself.
2: I need you to explain this to me more before I ask you the million more questions I have because you might answer it for
1: me. Right, right. So for context, I've been... So I will say that I've been unifying, finally, all kinds of... Writing in Obsidian, so note taking, writing for Mac stories and club Mac stories, research, documentation that I've been writing for Mac stories and the club, um, highlights that I save from articles that I read and books that I read, everything is going in Obsidian, and obviously it's stored in different folders, all you know nicely organized, but everything is going in here, and so. When, what I what I mean by making my own writing app is I've been trying to identify some key features that I've always wanted to have in a text editor and that before they were either not possible or I had to build workarounds for them so the first plugin that I that that uh, Finn uh, worked on for me and I guess, for, by the way, at some point, we will probably open up these plugins for more people. We will release them in public, I think, but we'll see. So the first one. Uh, it's called Export Markdown with Embeds. So I'm going to try and make this simple. In Obsidian, you can embed a note within another note. This is called File Transclusion. Uh, and it's usually file transclusion? Yes. Um, oh. oh, it's usually you're losing so, me
2: already. <laughs> okay, so this is
1: very simple. Imagine that you have a file named table of contents. Right? Uh-huh. Imagine you have a table of contents. Uh-huh. And you have multiple chapters for a book or for a review in my case. You have chapter 1, chapter 2 and 3. And you want to compile all of those chapters in a in in the final output, which is the complete book, right? in the table of contents file what you do is you embed each one of them and by embed I mean it's a single line of text that says um, exclamation point exclamation mark double square brackets chapter chapter one and so forth for the other two chapters so mm-hmm. in three lines of text you have referenced three files you have embedded them inside of the table of contents so that when you export it, you get the the complete output that includes the text of all those three referenced files. This is something that I've been doing for my iOS review for the past few years in IA IA Writer, right? Using what they call in their system, content blocks. I wanted to replicate the same system in Obsidian, but make it more powerful. And Mm. this is where I got real nerdy about it all. So, with the plugin that we made, uh, you I can hit a keyboard shortcut, uh, Command Option S, actually Command Option E, sorry, uh, to export the current Markdown file that I'm looking at. And what this plugin will do is, it'll run through all of those referenced files. It will compile them all, right, in the final output. And then it gives me the option to share this final output to the system clipboard to create a new file in Obsidian containing all of those referenced items, mm-hmm. as well as the system share sheet. Finn was able to add support for the clipboard and the share sheet. I don't know how, but it's a genius, so I don't care. Uh, so I have three output options. But there's another magic trick that we've been uh, doing here. So one of the things that I, that I always wanted to do that I, a writer, did not allow me to do is to process the, all the headings of each reference document. So essentially, when I'm working on an individual chapter, ideally, I want the title of the chapter to be an H1 header. And I want sections of that chapter to be H2, H3, and so forth. But when I'm compiling the review, the title of the chapter cannot be an H1. It's gotta be, it has to become an H2 mm-hmm. because H1 would be iOS 15 review, the Mac Stories review, the actual right. title of the story, which means that each heading needs to be increased by one, right? So H1 needs to become H2, H3 needs to become H4, and so forth. So this plugin has a toggle that asks increase level of headings, and if you flip it, it'll automatically do that for all of the files that you've referenced in your table of contents. And I don't have to do this manually anymore. This is a thing that I used to do manually before, or I and it was super annoying, and now the system takes care of that for me. So that's the first plugin we made, uh, and of course because it's Obsidian. All of these commands, they show up in the command palette of Obsidian, which you can invoke with Command-P. And Finn was able to add separate commands for each option. So I can also directly press Command-S to bring up the share sheet instantly. Um, Yes. The second plugin that... uh, we're working on. This is still a work in progress and this is the the most ambitious one, I think. Um, so there's an existing plugin made by an Obsidian user called Obsidian Todoist. And Obsidian Todoist is very clever in that you, it allows you to embed tasks from Todoist in a note and when you preview the note you get this actual, like, it looks like a tiny portion of the Todoist website in the note preview. <laughs> and it's actually, Oh hold my on. God. And it's actually interacting. Oh my God. So that you can click check boxes in that preview to check off the task. Oh, jeez. But there's more, hold on, there's more. And that, that uh, block of tasks is customizable. So, using the uh, to, the native Todoist um, filter syntax, you can in e- in each note you can preview a different set of Todoist tasks. So, if you have a note for Relay FM, um, I don't know sponsors. Wow you mm-hmm. can just show the to-do is tasks that belong to the sponsor project and that have been tagged with invoices. Or in my case, if I have Cloud Mac Stories admin tasks, I can filter those and in the note preview of my club uh, note, I can show those. So this is made by an obsidian user. Um, it's incredible, really well done. But I ask Finn, can we go a step beyond this? Because right now this, what this plugin does, and this is, I think, where you're gonna be even more impressed. So what this pl- so by also oh, I should say by default, this plugin was not working on mobile. So Finn was able to fork the existing plugin and make it work for me the way I want it on iPhone. But I said so this plugin all it does is preview tasks. But and you see now what I was talking about on connected. <laughs> One of my biggest problems with task management and text editors is that I was never able to connect the two of them. Right? And so I wondered, what if we extend this plugin in a way that it can scan my document for lines of text that look like tasks <laughs> and with the proper syntax sync them up to my Todoist account. Oh my- God. And file them under the uh, a specific project, task, with a due date. <laughs> Basically, we are finished working. We are extending this plugin to achieve true two-way sync between the text editor and to Todoist. A
2: text editor. A to-do app. These aren't two separate things.
1: <laughs> this is one thing. So the idea is that uh, I gave Finn a spec to follow in terms of... Uh, I want to reference a project with a, with a hashtag, I want to reference tag with the at sign in front of them, and I want to enter due dates this way. But the idea is that the plugin will scan a document for lines of text that begin with a dash followed by a space and two square brackets, which is the default sort of plain text syntax for tasks, supported in IE Writer, in drafts, it's sort of like a standard at this point. And when it finds one, it will create a task in to-doist for it. but at the same time, it'll also store in the original document the fact that that line of text is now a task in to-doist. So I just want to make sure I'm
2: contextualizing this, right So like yes. you're writing the iOS 15 review and right. while you're writing the iOS 15 review, you're like, "Ah oh, crap, I've got to take a screenshot of this thing. Yes, so you do like. Uh, close bracket, open bracket, or whatever way around it was. No, no,
1: I just type, I have a keyboard shortcut. I have a, uh, what's it called? A, a text replacement. I just type TTT and it expands into the... Um, and then you're like...
2: uh, Take screenshot. Take screenshot. Yeah. And then when you're done writing for the day, you run this script. It will collect up everything that's left in that document and put mm-hmm. it into Todoist.
1: Yes. Incredible. But, Incredible. but there's even more. Can but also, wait, there's more. <laughs> it can also auto-refresh, so I don't need to remember oh to God. do it. Oh,
2: my God. That's very and smart.
1: And in Obsidian, the task will automatically get a link back to the task on Todoist. Mm-hmm. And in Todoist, the task will get a link back to that line of text in Obsidian. Oh. So that in the two places, I can jump back and forth. So if I'm looking at Todoist, I can say, hey, what's this about? And I click the link, and it takes me to that specific line in Obsidian. I guess
2: it can look however it wants really, can't it? If you can do stuff like that.
1: <laughs> and when and when I preview the note, obviously, that line of text becomes a to-doist preview so that I can check it off from Obsidian and it's also complete in Todoist. Uh, so that's what we're working on right now.
2: It's uh, very cool.
1: We also did something else. We took an exi- another existing p- see, this is the beauty of This community, the Obsidian community has been, frankly, like amazing, especially in the Discord server. Very welcoming community. A lot of people that were already listening to Connected before. So that was fun when I showed up. uh, That was a really fun moment. Um, Actually, those people have known for a while that that I was doing this. And thank you for keeping it quiet, because it looks like everybody right now in in the Relay Discord had no idea. So that's cool. The beauty of this uh, Obsidian ecosystem is that all of these plugins are usually open source. Mm -hmm. And so you can take them, you can fork them, and you can modify them in a way that suits your needs. So we took the... And this is another thing that a lot of people are using these days. We took the Obsidian Readwise plugin. Which is also I made know, I by. Have no idea what this so is. Readwise is a service. Maybe Stephen knows it. Yeah. Uh, I know that David uses it. I believe he does. Uh, Readwise is a service that aggregates highlights from all the things oh, you need. Oh, I know this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. From yeah. Read
0: It Later services, yes. Kindle,
1: yeah. etc. Yes. Et um There's a plugin uh, made by uh, an Obsidian user uh, that syncs your Readwise highlights with Obsidian. Uh, and basically for every article that you read or every book that you read, it creates a note in Obsidian containing the metadata of the item and all the highlights that you saved. So that plugin was not working on mobile. Uh, and so Finn fixed it. And we the, the first step was, okay, now this can be used on mobile. But then we also modified the plugin so that it when you sync your Readwise account... It's not like it just dumps all of those files at the root level of your vault. Uh, In our version, you can choose a specific folder to store those highlights in. So now, and this goes back to my point about how I don't really care if Obsidian doesn't take advantage of the latest APIs. Around all of this, I've been building my own shortcuts to sort of complement the experience. And one example that I think I will share on Cloud Mac Stories at some point soon is I wrote a shortcut that when I'm reading an article in Safari and I want to highlight something, I highlight a bit of text on a web page, I run the shortcut, that bit of text turns yellow in Safari because I uh, I had some JavaScript uh, in shortcuts to do this, but the highlight gets also saved to my Readwise account, so I can read stuff in Safari. I can take advantage of content blockers, Safari Reader, all of the stuff that you that you get in Safari. I run a shortcut, and it visually highlights stuff on the page, but it also syncs that bit of text to my Readwise account. Later, when I open Obsidian the plugin is configured to run automatically when I start up the app so that I don't have to do anything. When I open Obsidian, it pulls all my latest highlights from Readwise and adds them to the folder that I specified. I plan to switch back to my Kindle instead of the Kobo for this very reason. because oh,
0: It all comes together. Yes, We just talked about that. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, oh, okay.
0: You you know uh, what is it? A beautiful mind where like the guy has yep. all the red string to all the walls yep. figuring things out. Yeah. This is what it's like <laughs> to live inside Federico's brain.
1: So for read later because of this shortcut I've gone back to the to Safari reading list because you ca- you cannot unfortunately you c- uh, if you use a th- uh, third-party browser on iOS you do not get access to the DOM of the web page, which means you cannot do things like accessing selections, for example. If you use Firefox or Google Chrome, you cannot do what I'm doing with JavaScript in Safari. And um, so I'm using that for articles. And... Readwise does not support Kobo highlights, it appears, unfortunately. So I gotta use the Kindle for that. This is also why just a few minutes ago I said that I was sad that the iPad mini with the iPad Pro design is not hmm. coming out soon because I really wanted to have that device for reading articles. So these are three examples of plugins that we are that that I have just for me right now. I have Plenty more ideas that, and I have a lot of work for Finn, if he's up for it. Um, (laughs) uh, Because I have, I realized, you know, all the things that I want to do, they don't exist. I don't care. I'm just going to have someone build them for me. And uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling to know that you have this foundation, but you can also build on top of it. So um, I, I also wanted to mention quickly some plugins made by the community that I have not modified because they are pretty awesome as you know as is. Workspaces. I believe this is a core plugin. Uh, it lets you save specific workspaces in the app. By workspace, I mean you have a specific note on the left, another note on the right. You can save that workspace, give it a name, and then you can reload it and it recreates that workspace in Obsidian for you. I love it. I use it a lot. I give it a keyboard shortcut. It's fantastic. Um, Advanced Obsidian URI. This is a plugin, that, and it's kind of wild. If Obsidian doesn't have a URL scheme that you want, you can add your own, and this plugin does that. It creates more commands for the Obsidian URL scheme, which is Incredible, uh, quick switcher plus plus. This is also a fun one because it lets me navigate to the to a specific header in a document. It's called symbol navigation. So if I have a story with a bunch of sections, I can hit Option S, and it brings up a list of all the sections in my story, and I can use the arrow keys to navigate to a specific section. And lastly, page preview. This is also one of the core. Plugins of Obsidian. It's really awesome because you can hover over a referenced note uh, in Obsidian and it shows you a little floating preview of the note that you're referencing. So mm. that's a really cool plugin. Um, I also want to shout out to, I mentioned the Obsidian community before, I want to recommend this newsletter, uh, obsidianroundup.org. Really, really fantastic place to discover a lot of obsidian related things on a weekly basis. It's curated Man. by there's Eleanor. a community
2: for everything,
1: right? Like yes. But this one, like if you wanna discover CSS snippets and plugins and themes, it's got all of that. So to cut you one- off,
2: you were gonna say Eleanor Conic, right? It's the person. Yes, who- Eleanor
1: Conic. Who- yeah. One last thing. Um, I I don't think I'm using Obsidian the way that most users are no no you're not I,
0: doesn't sound I, like it no
1: <laughs> i don't care about zettle i don't care about the fancy graph view i understand why a lot of people do i'm using obsidian as my custom writing app for everything that i am going to extend over time with all the markdown related additions that i want
0: so this is really going to be the hub for iOS 15 for you this summer
1: yes that is the goal so um, we're trying to get to the point where by the summer I have this entirely custom system for me that takes care of uh, outlining mind mapping because there's also plugins for mind maps in Obsidian uh, task management so being able to save uh, to do's when I'm writing and to have them be available elsewhere via Todoist and backups and versioning that is also i guess that's what the thing that's the thing we're going to look at next when i'm done um w- when we're done with to-doist i want to i want to look at uh, a backup plugin made just for me and also a way f- uh, because also like Over the past few months, we've been doing a lot of things at Mac Stories behind the scenes that we will announce soon, but one of them is a brand new CDN that we're using. And so I get another plugin that I would like to have is one that directly communicates with our CDN so that any local image attachment can easily become uh, an actual image link for our CDN. I have plenty of ideas. If you're an Obsidian plugin developer and you have... You know, and you're looking for some work. Get in touch with me. I mean, you know, Finn cannot do it all by himself. So,
2: the army of one true Johns.
1: I'm hiring. <laughs> this
2: is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm hiring for a very, very specific role. Incredibly specific role.
0: I mean this. This is the end game of editorial. Yeah. Years and years ago.
2: I've been thinking about editorial yep. the entire time. I mean, I didn't even want to bring it up because it was like you know. Yeah, this is kind of what I was getting at, and I know I know what you're saying about if it doesn't support technologies, but I do also imagine a point where it would start to become a problem for you. But I don't think we're even close to that. Like you know, like because what, what I'm saying is like imagine that they like you know Apple's like oh, we have this new amazing windowing system. You just plug it in with a monitor, and Obsidian's like oh, we can't mm. do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff that I imagine. And I know what you're saying of, like, you can build stuff that hooks into it. But if you're doing the actual writing in the application, you know, you're going to want it to to try and be up to date in some ways, at least. I mean,
0: that is part of the beauty of it, though, is that at the end of the day, it is just a folder of Markdown. So you could, if that were to happen... Or if you just found another writing environment you liked more, you could use this as some sort of, like, hub, of then use an external editor.
2: And then you jump into the ghetto of, of old Obsidian and run right. the scripts. Yeah, the right? the the,
0: yeah. the burning husk.
2: Point. Yeah, yeah. But not, th- I mean, although this is a burgeoning new community. Like, I, you know, if anything happens, it's not going to happen for a long time because, like, it's new and it's got a lot of attention and I'm sure that they're, they're making a big business out of this right now. So, you know.
1: And just one quick thing to answer, TJ, in the Discord. Uh, he asked, has Federico ever used the same system for two iOS reviews? Yes, I've been using IA Writer for two years, or maybe even three. No, but for sure, two iOS reviews I've done in the same app with the same system, which is also mm. why I was kind of, you know, a little fed up, and I was you know, I was like, I really want to have my own thing going at this point. Yeah. So wow. uh, I'm that. optimistic though because the the Obsidian developer is really responsive to feedback. So I'm um, you know fingers crossed that they will support. I have
2: one last question for yeah. you. I know that Obsidian on the Mac it's pulling folders from the file system. Yeah. How does this work on iOS? The same iPad way. IOS?
1: Same way you create a vault. So it's pulling it from the Files yep. app. That's why I told you I can build all of these additional shortcuts
2: no no i i figured it was like i don't know like it was going somewhere and it goes into the files okay so that's super interesting
1: yes 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 which is like it makes me feel better because i know that the very foundation is is the the system that apple will continue to develop over time and how does it work cross-platform then well that's the beauty of obsidian sync it's not storing your data it's only syncing the changes, right?
2: How do you feel about using a beta, like an early beta, of an application for your iOS review?
1: Well, we'll see when I start writing if it's still yeah. in beta. But this is exa- right. exactly why I want to have a backup and uh, plug. Yeah. Yeah, next. yeah.
2: Because again, like you probably heard this, but when I mean this was earlier when Gray used the alpha, it like deleted a bunch of his data. I know, I know,
1: I know. So <laughs> yeah. I I mean, he had a backup
2: because he figured something bad might happen, yeah. and yeah. the worst thing happened. You know,
1: I, I like it's a, it's a habit of mine now. I always mm-hmm. manually export my drafts to working yeah. copy. And I sync them up to my uh, to my GitHub account. Yeah. So I'm too. I'm not. Too this concerned is what about you're going to
2: do if you change system every year, right? Like you're you're going to have run into at least some problems along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at you.
1: Yeah. It's it's very it's all fun, you know, making these custom things. So. I want to see we'll it see.
2: in action at some point, and that 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 be exciting. I'll
1: show be. you once I have show the, me some videos. I will. I will show you, especially when I have the. Um, create a new task uh, thing happening that would be fun.
0: I think that does it. If you want to learn more about the stuff we talked about, there are some links in the show notes at relay.fm slash connected slash 344. While you're there, you can get in touch with email for feedback or follow-up, or you can do that out on the internet. You can find us all on Twitter, Twitter, Federico is there at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. And as we now know, uh, Obsidian Wizard. (laughs) You can follow Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM and streams over on Twitch about mechanical keyboards at Mike.live. You can find me online as ISMH and my writing at 512pixels.net. Before I let you go, I'll tell you about another show here on Relay FM that you should check out, and that's Parallel. If you like tech podcasts, you're going to like Parallel. It's hosted by journalist, accessibility expert, and all-around excellent person, Shelley Brisbane. Parallel is a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles that you can listen to by going to relay.fm slash parallel or search Parallel wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank the sponsors for this episode of Connected, Pingdom, Smile, and Squarespace. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye.
2: Arrivederci. Cheerio.
0: Bye, y'all.